0: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: Hold on, nobody out.
2: The two opens. Here you're a long fly ball in the left field. Yeah, this is going to leave the park. This is the Countdown to Opening Day show presented by
3: Amron. That ball's hit deep
2: to
4: left. This one's going to be out of here. Get up, man.
0: Mike
5: Claiborne and Kevin Wheeler and the Countdown to Opening Day show presented by Amron on the Cardinals Radio Network. Welcome into to the last Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day show presented by Amron here on the Cardinals Radio Network. Well, it's not the last ever. It's just the last of 2020. Mike Claiborne, Kevin Wheeler with you here uh, doing this one more time in the year that we'll all be happy to move on from. And we'll, re- we'll get this started again next week in the new year, Claves. But we got a lot to get to today, including... Some memories. I know we're going to spend a lot of time with uh, with uh, Cardinals legends. Uh, Chris Carpenter, Whitey Herzog, Bruce Sutter, Ozzie Smith, Bob Costas, Bill White, Joe Torrey. I mean, we're going to be all over the place. Jimmy Edmonds is going to be a part of the show today, too, remembering uh, Bob Gibson and Lou Brock as we wrap up 2020. But holy moly, the hot stove finally started getting going here the last
4: few days. Well, there is no doubt that the hot stove, they threw some logs on late in the year. And Kevin, I just think <laughs> it's the beginning of a lot. And, uh, well, we have the Chicago Cubs to thank for a lot of things as far as what Woo! they were able to do. But San Diego right now is probably the team everybody's going to start paying even closer attention to. They got our attention last year in postseason, but yeah, they're not fooling around, they're going for it, and I commend them for it.
5: You know, they made really big moves involving prospects and moving out prospects for proven players, but. You know, in, in getting Blake Snell from Tampa Bay, they're getting a guy on a really team-friendly contract, around ten million dollars a year for no, for another three years. Uh, they added the Korean infielder ha Sung Kim. Not really sure where he fits. Um, you know, he he may be a utility guy for them, but we'll see. You know what what they do. They've got a lot of infield options. But then, of course, the big move on Monday, Claves was the one you kind of referred to there with the Cubs was picking up Yu Darvish, uh, and what interests me there is obviously the Padres are all in. They're going for it, and they're really good. But they're not really a factor for the Cardinals until the postseason. You're not in the same division with them. I mean, right. yeah, indirectly, you're competing with them for a potential wild card spot, right? I mean, you know, that that's that's a possibility. But I think the division is where you're going to make your money this year. And it's very clear what the Cubs are doing. They traded the number two finisher in the Cy Young Award last year, a proven veteran top of the rotation starter in Yu Darvish, for three teenagers and a 20-year-old and a depth pitcher in Zach Davies, who we all know pretty well. Uh, I think the, the direction of the Cubs has been made very clear for 2021.
4: Well, what they're saying in 2021 is check with us in 2023. Uh, <laughs> they, they've made those sort of changes, as you mentioned they didn't draft guys who are like triple-A ready. We're talking about guys who are single-A, moving uh, well toward double-A, but guys that still probably have some things to prove other than what they have as far as a ranking is concerned. So they have basically stepped away from the division and they want to develop. Now, this is an organization that didn't have a lot of good prospects in it in the first place, and this is their way of trying to replenish what they were able to do. And, And I guess what they did also, Kevin, Is probably looked across the street at the Chicago White Sox, who had a similar fire sale a few years ago. And those prospects have all turned out to be very competitive and very helpful to one of the best teams we're gonna see in the American League this year.
5: Yeah, I I wouldn't call this a long-term thing. You know, I think you're right. I think that they're probably looking at this more like a retool on the fly, where, you know, they're unsure about 2021. Um, Their ownership has talked about their financial limitations now for a couple of years in a row. Um, and it's odd to be able to, to see that in Chicago, but they, they did have a lot of off-the-field construction projects going on and all of that, but the, the the interesting part is, you know, you mentioned these prospects they're getting, I mean, like I mentioned three of them are teenagers, you know, we're talking about guys that are 18, 19 years old, one guy's 20, uh, they did get Zach Davies, which is, I think is, uh, you know, it's funny. Good pitcher. Yeah, he's a he's a really good pitcher, I mean, they needed innings, yeah. so I mean, that's a guy that's going to give them some innings, but They've got the market cornered on guys who throw eighty-six with Zach Davies, <laughs> Kyle Hendricks, and Alec Mills. I mean, they've got, yeah, you're in the, right. In the era, maybe I don't know. Maybe they're zigging when everybody else zags because everybody else has got guys throwing ninety-five plus, and they've got three starters set up right now that are mid to upper eighties guys.
4: Well, I'll tell you this: if you throw those guys back to back to back by the, the third game, <laughs> the, the good hitters are going to tune in on these guys, and it may not be pretty. <laughs> But but you know it's it's interesting and I'm glad to see that teams still look at players like three pitchers you mentioned who don't throw 98 but have great control and and can take a little off and move it here and there Um, you know because every player in this game can't do what we see the top end guys do but you can still have a very uh, effective career so it's going to be something to watch but you know Kevin when you think about San Diego and picking up Darvish. Darvish is the prototypical modern-day starter. He can yeah. give you five, maybe six, and then he's done because by the third time around, and the Cardinals proved that, when you get a chance to get him the third time around, you can hit him and you can hit him hard, and there's some other teams who've had him on their roster who felt like he wasn't a, a guy that had the intestinal fortitude to, to battle when the games were on the line. So in San Diego, with that good bullpen that they have, he, he, he should be perfect for them.
5: Yeah, it'll be interesting. Now, th- none of this is to say, and I think we agree on this, Klebes, that you know anything is automatic for the Cardinals. Now they have their own areas that they need to shore up. Uh, we we both still know that they need some more offense, whether that's complementary players that give you a couple of different looks, um, you know, guys who you can play matchups like the Rays and Dodgers do, or you know maybe one addition that's a little bit more. But we, we know they're not done. But it it doesn't take a whole lot of addition from where you are now, especially when you've got the pitching staff, the Cardinals do, to be looking at this division and saying, this should be our goal. We need to win this division in 2021.
4: Yeah, I I think winning the division became a little easier. Uh, And and if you can stay healthy, and you're still going to need a little offense, okay? You're not going to be able to outpitch everybody every day. But it certainly bodes well for what you already have established and when you look at your roster compared to everyone else's, you, you like to have Cincinnati's offense, but they don't have enough pitching. Milwaukee, we have no idea what they're doing. And, and Pittsburgh and Chicago have basically raised the white flag and surrender of 2021. So you're basically stuck with winning the division, so to say. So that's
5: where we sit today as we're ready to wrap up 2020. And of course, next week, we'll have a lot more, I hope, hot stove stuff to talk about when we, when we pick things up in the new year. Uh, the rest of today, we're going to spend our time, as we should, um, looking back on what we lost in 2020. And obviously, we did this a little bit last week, too, but you can't do it enough at the end of the year when you lose guys like Bob Gibson and Lou Brock. We've got a great stellar list of people you're going to hear from tonight, uh, Ozzie Smith, Willie McGee, Joe Torre, Whitey Herzog, Chris Carpenter, and coming up next, the Hall of Famer Bruce Souter. That'll be right here on the Cardinals countdown to opening day show presented by Amron on the Cardinals Radio Network.
6: Amron, Illinois has been installing smart meters throughout the state. While you probably don't notice a difference day to day, this advanced technology is giving us the power to do more. These smart meters allow us to detect and isolate outages faster than ever before. Plus, they give you more ways to help control your energy usage and save you money. As we continue to upgrade our network, your smart meter will continue to become, well, smarter. Now that's energy at work. Learn more at amronillinois.com reliability.
7: Hey St. Louis, Dan McLaughlin here, and I have a scoop for you. Download the Schnucks Rewards app. Trust me, it'll pay off. You shop at Schnucks like normal, earn points on almost everything in the store, and redeem the points for money off. Easy as that. If earning money off your groceries wasn't enough, it also has cool features to make shopping at Schnucks even easier. You can locate items in the store, refill prescriptions, check the weekly ad. It's a grocery game changer. So download Schnucks Rewards from the App Store or Google Play and start saving today. John Rooney for iWarehouse. My wardrobe has many pairs of
1: shoes because the same pair every day would look boring, and I don't want to be boring. Same goes for eyewear. I have many pairs for my warehouse and my wardrobe, unique, long-lasting, and never, ever boring. See for yourself at iWarehouse.
0: Once again, the day will come when the five-gallon buckets of sunflower seeds are hauled from the storage rooms, when the telltale bouquet of mathematically cut grass, pine tar, and brand spanking new jerseys will fill the Missouri air, when the dexterous fingers of Dwayne Hilton will dance across the Oregon's ivories once more. It may not feel like it, but rest easy, Cardinals fans. Spring is coming. Philip 66, live to the full. Proud sponsor of the St. Louis Cardinals
8: for a home Frederick
7: Roofing, 645-2000. 88,000 satisfied customers since 1929. Frederick Roofing, 645-2000.
9: Do you know that Goodwill accepts car donations? Yes, if you have an old car or truck that's just taking up space, consider donating it to Goodwill. It's quick, easy, and towing is free. Plus, you'll get a tax receipt and family bills for a year, compliments of our hometown Lions choice, while supplies last. For more info or to donate online, visit mersgoodwill.org. Your car donation helps fund goodwill's many programs including their excel center high school with over 400 graduates and still growing your donations change lives
6: it's time to make some holiday joy america and we're here to help start your season at the ford built for the holidays sales event and bring home a new ford truck or suv with the best deals of the holidays let's make a whole lot of joy this year the holiday sales event is here. Head to your quality Ford dealers or go to buyfordnow.com for exclusive holiday offers on the full Ford lineup. That's how we're making joy. How are you?
1: Take your friends and family on the field and inside the clubhouse in 2021 with a gift subscription to Cardinals Magazine. It's the perfect way to connect with the team in season and out. From the personal stories of current Cardinals to the heartfelt remembrances of franchise greats, No one brings you closer to the club than Cardinals Magazine. Spread cheer all year by purchasing a gift subscription at cardinals.com slash magazine or 314-345-9000. Cardinals Magazine, it's all here.
8: When it comes to banking, you have a choice to make. You can go big or you can go local or you can go to Central Bank and get the best of both worlds. The technology, tools, and services you need with the flexibility of a bank who can make important decisions locally. Take a new look at the world of possibilities with Central Bank. Strong roots, endless possibilities. Start at centralbank.net. Member FDIC.
5: Mike Claiborne and Kevin Wheeler with you here on the Countdown to Opening Day show presented by Ameren here on the Cardinals radio network. And we're taking our last show of 2020 and doing our best to remember the two greats that we lost in Bob Gibson and Lou Brock. And of course, uh, you notice that's been a theme here at the end of the year, but it's kind of a, I don't know, it's kind of a reflective thing that we all do at the end of the year. And of course, losing two greats like that, two legends like that with a franchise like the Cardinals that venerates those guys. Uh, to the level that they do. I think it's important. And we've got some great people uh, speaking about the lives and the friendships and the performances that we got from those two guys. Uh, We'll be hearing from Ozzy Smith and Jim Edmonds and Joe Torrey and Willie McGee and Mike Shannon in the next hour. Later this hour, we'll hear from Whitey. We'll hear from Bob Costas. But right here, I want you to hear from a guy that was their peer a fellow Hall of Famer, one of my favorite personalities, fun guy to talk to. Uh, less fun in a circumstance like we're talking about here, but great perspective from Hall of Famer Bruce Sutter. I had a chance to catch up with the longtime Cardinals closer and obviously Cardinals Hall of Famer not long after Bob Gibson passed away to talk about his two friends and the impact they had on him and on the Cardinals organization.
10: Bob was just a special person, a special athlete, special competitor. You know, without without question he's one of the best right-hand pitchers ever pitched in baseball
5: no question about it and also uh i think one of the most unique personalities too and again you you and the others would have a lot better insight as to kind of you know the behind the scenes right because everybody has kind of a you know a, a, what what the public at large thinks of them and then also the people that know them obviously know a, a lot more well what was bob like in private when you guys were all together it's it, it, he he's an interesting guy and every time i've ever heard him speak it's just There's always something there. There's always something important to take note of.
10: Bob was really interesting to talk to. I had a chance one time uh, I came back to to do the Mike Shannon show in the wintertime. Mm -hmm. I had my son with me. My son got to sit there with Bob Forch and Bob Gibson while I did the show and had dinner with them, and it was just great. And my son still talks about that. But Bob just had a way of, of just talking about things, and I never really saw him a competitive edge of Bob. Yeah, I never really saw him. I never played against him. I never really mm-hmm. was there I saw him perch in person. But, but Bob was just special, intimidating. You know, I talked to a few guys that he hit, <laughs> and they said, you know, they had it coming. But you know, Bob would let them know. So.
5: <laughs> yeah it's it's funny i, I talked to um you know to, to bobby Tolan not that long ago and he was a, both a teammate of of gibby's in the late 60s with the cardinals but then also uh went up against him in the later 60s early 70s when he was with the reds and described that experience of you know knowing that he's going to come inside on you and knowing that because he knows you he certainly doesn't want to have you want you to have success against him i'm sure that was a less than pleasant experience being in the batter's box
10: Absolutely. I asked Tom Seaver one time up at the Hall of Fame I said, Why don't you guys ever knock Bob down? He said, No, because I think you have to get two more of your guys <laughs>
5: <laughs> Yeah, that's funny. And and I know uh it was interesting to hear him talk because he's such a he was such a thoughtful uh interview. Whenever I heard him speak about um you know, pitching in his era and how he handled pitchers or how he handled hitters. You know, he, he even kind of jokes, you know, that he wasn't trying to be intimidating. He just had to squint to see the signs or that he didn't hit anybody or throw inside more than anyone else. And actually, the numbers back it up. So I guess the, uh, the whole, you know, uh, you know, aggressiveness and the intimidation factor did its job, even though he says he wasn't trying to really pay all that much attention to the hitters.
10: Bob, Bob did it good enough that he, he, he could do it without hitting them. Yeah. So, I, so he could just scare them. So, I mean, that's that's one of the secrets to Bob's success was being able to pitch inside and then go away with that slider. And that was just a big secret for Bob's success. And uh, pussy too harder than everybody else.
5: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's always a, a fun weapon to have in your back pocket, right? To have that, whatever velocity it is, but more than everybody else. Um, sure, you know, that alone gets hitters on their toes, right? I mean, that alone makes somebody go. But, you know, the fun thing with him was the command was so great, too, that You know, if he came in, it wasn't by accident, and it certainly wasn't, you know, reckless. It was, here's my purpose. I need to get you off the plate, and then I'm going to go back and get you out the other way, too.
10: Right, exactly. Bob Bob said part of the plate was his, and that was the outside part, and the inside part was the hitter. So if he stayed out in there, you know, you're going to lean out over and get any of his outside pitches. So so if Bob said you leaned out there, you were going to get one the next pitch, and uh, it just kept everybody honest.
5: That's interesting. I, I saw him talking about that. Actually, I think he was on doing an interview. This was from several years ago with Reggie Jackson on on the panel, too. They were talking about exactly that. And, you know, all all most people who observed talk about is, you know, he came in, he came in, he'd knock hitters down. But he explained exactly what you just said, Bruce, that, you know, he knew he wanted to get people out away and, you know, they would start to lean knowing that. And that's when, as he put it, you stand them up.
10: Exactly. you make the guy move his feet And... You know, is by getting away with your mistakes. how do you get away with your mistakes? You got to pitch inside and change speeds mm. and bob, bob was the best at that. You
5: know, Lou changed the game too. I mean, you know there were a lot of guys that that came after him, a guy like Ricky Henderson as an example that that kind of took off with that example of being someone that changes the game not just with a bat or with their arm as a pitcher but changes the game with their legs on the base pads
10: absolutely Lou was Lou was the front runner and uh I got to play against five, five years against Lou, so I, you know, I was fortunate enough to play against him. But, you know, Lou was just one of those guys. You know, Lou could hit. Lou had power. Lou could hit the ball 470 feet. Mm. And, uh, you know, you got 3,000 hits. You have to get a lot of hits to steal that many bases.
5: <laughs> yeah, that's and, not uh, easy. No, I mean, it's
10: just, it's just amazing that, you know, 3,000 hits and 1,000 stolen bases. I mean, that's just, it's just amazing. He gave up 1,000 doubles to him.
5: I mean, yeah, it's it's unbelievable to look at now. And then you know, when you when how was that by the way? At at the time, going up against him in your career, Um, I mean, you know, everybody. When you're a big leaguer, right? You're a big leaguer, but it's still. You know, I I gotta believe there's that moment where you look across at somebody and you kind of know their history, especially when they've been around a little bit before you, and you're like, man, I'm I'm pitching to Lou Brock right now.
10: Lou is one of the special guys, you know. I got to pitch to. You know, most of the guys it's kind of changing on the guard. Yeah. It's kind of the new guys coming up and the older guys were, you know, kind of getting older at the end of their careers. But Lou was still strong at, you know, 30, 32, 33 years old. Lou could still run, Lou could mm-hmm. still hit, he could still field and uh, still a, a great player.
5: It's, I, I didn't do all of the math on on the numbers, but, I mean, the year he broke the stolen base record, Bruce, he was 35. <laughs> He's 35 years old That's with 118 steals. That's unbelievable.
10: Unbelievable the shape that he kept himself in, and, and even till the day he passed, it was still in good shape, and uh, I always remember that.
5: You know, and, and we'll we'll close on this, Bruce, and and I I think uh, I thank you again for doing this. I know um, it's not always not always it's never fun under these circumstances to remember great people, but I think it's uh, fantastic that we get a chance to do that. And you know, when when the, with the fraternity that you guys have, uh, you know, the Cardinals Hall of Famers, the people that we see on opening day you know driving around the park in the trucks and then everybody gets the big ovation. The Cardinals people they never they never they never forget you. And that was Cardinals great Bruce Suter talking about his two great friends uh, of course two great friends that left us this year in Bob Gibson and Lou Brock. I want to remind you that you can gear up for the season with a subscription to Cardinals Magazine your premier source for Cardinals coverage in season and out you can sign up at cardinals.com magazine or you can call 314-345-9000. Stick around. We're going to hear from another Hall of Famer, Whitey Herzog. Next up, it's the Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day Show, presented by Amron on the Cardinals Radio Network. It's the Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day Show, presented by Amron here on the Cardinals Radio Network. Mike Claiborne, Kevin Wheeler with you here, and getting a little assist from our friend Tom Ackerman here today as well as we take our last show of 2020 as a way of remembering the two greats that we lost Uh, During the calendar year, of course, Bob Gibson and Lou Brock. And here, great conversation with my friend Tom Ackerman and the white rat, Whitey Herzog.
3: You know, I uh, did all my playing and my first uh, couple of managing jobs over in the American League. So I didn't personally know Bob until I came here as a manager in 1980. And I think he was doing uh, some broadcast work for Jack and uh, Shannon. And uh, he was also in the booth, and uh, Jack and Shannon uh, were very fond of Bob, and they were actually uh, wanting me to hire him as my pitching coach when I took the job. And um, because I hadn't named my coaches yet when I first uh, joined the club, you know, down in Atlanta, I kept the coaches that Kenny had till the end of the year. And, uh, you know, if I didn't know him, Bob Gibson personally, uh like I knew him now, say, 30 years later or even five years later, I probably would have hired him. But I had to have somebody to talk to and eat with on the road and stuff, and I couldn't hire a bunch of guys I didn't know. But, you know, once I got to know Gibby and uh, what a great guy he was, and I was at numer- numerous uh, functions with him, and so forth he was really what you call a genuine person and uh you know in my year eight years that i worked with the new york mets in development and so forth i'd have to say that that when they came out with the quality, quality starts six innings and if anything typifies bob gibson the statement he made to me one night at a function in Bush Stadium, he said, when I pitched a quality start, was a nine-inning complete game win. And when you look at Bob Gibson's record, the fact that he had more, what would, you'd call it, uh, appearances and complete games than he had wins, I think it was like 254 to 258.
11: You're right. It's, and then it's... you
3: look at the complete games uh, last uh, this last year. Wainwright led complete games with two in 60 games. Uh, the year before, I think, the American League leader had three and the National League leader had two. You know, it's a joke. And I, the one thing that uh, that he stressed, but well, he thinks that they're babying the young pitchers too much, and that there might be something to that. And with all the analytics being used in baseball now, you know, the, the analytics feels like most pitchers can't go through the batting order three times. And when our young pitchers have 100 pitches in the sixth inning, they're out of there. they pinch hit for them, and that's the way it is. So by the same token, we're not going to have any more 250 or 300, 300 game winning pitchers if history keeps going like it is. It just ain't going to happen. But when I look back, and when I joined and I got to the big leagues in 1956, and until I re- retired in '90, you know, I've seen some awful good pitchers, and most of the good pitchers their worst inning was always the first one. If you got Gibson uh, and got him in trouble in the first inning or Tom Seaver or Colfax, or Drysdale or Carlton, who I consider probably the five best pitchers of all time that I've seen, you know, if, if you, they settled down by the second, third inning, they was almost certain they were going to go all the way. And now it's just the opposite. You know, I, I don't know when the last time since I've I retired as a manager that I've seen a starting pitcher pitch with the bases longer than the thinning. <laughs> yeah.
11: You know, I love hearing uh, the stories about Bob, and I I loved hearing Bob talk about pitching. And I saw an interview that he did with Reggie Jackson some years ago when they came out with their book, and he said, you know, people thought that I pitched people inside. He said, I pitched them away because most hitters like the ball middle in so they can pull it. He said, I pitched them away, away. It was when they started to lean out to go for it. That's when I had to stand them up a little bit. And stand- well,
3: that's when everybody did. You yeah. know, and Gibby had the thing that he would brush back guys. But to protect yourself because the big right-hand hitters against pitchers like him and Saver, that were power guys. They start leaning over, you know, and that's and they had to come inside to get them off the plate. So the outside was more vulnerable. I, I, uh, I went knew Satchel Page real well. I played with him at Miami. I was a coach when Finley signed him at 60 years old for the, uh, LAs in Kansas City and sat in the bullpen and talked to him a lot. He always stated that more mistakes are made inside than outside. And he always said, with two strikes, pound the pitcher away about three inches outside and let the hitter make the mistake. And that was the way he pitched. And I I didn't see Satchel on his spine, but Feller and all of them told me that he might have been one of our greatest pitchers in history, uh, which he was, I'm sure he was.
11: Whitey, when I say the name Lou Brock, what do you think of?
3: Well, what, what I really think of, and I'm going to be very honest, I wish Vince Coleman was as good a hitter as Lou Brock was. And the reason I say that, because when I think of Lou Brock, when I was coaching third base and for the Mets in, in uh, 1966, Lou Brock was a regular left fielder for the Cardinals, and when he charged a one-hop line drive to the left field, you better be careful because he'd, he'd throw you out. He had that good arm. Uh, but when the ball bounced twice instead of once, he had a little trouble handling it. And I got to know him personally over the years, and I was just with him uh, last year during the Cardinal game, and he came come out of the hospital, and I sat and talked to him. I thought he was doing pretty well. But I used to hear from Red, and I used to hear from Shannon, and I used to hear from Gibby and all his teammates what a tough guy he was. He was never in the trainer's room, never getting treatment, never missed any games. And I thought myself when, when Vince played for me from, from the time I left here to 1965 and his mentality, if he could have got on base and been the hitter, as good as Lou Brock was, he might have stole 150 bases a year. That's, that's the one thing, personally, I thought about. Boy, Vince, I wish you could have hit like Lou Brock. <laughs> 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 no, but the last few years, Tom, yep. when I think of Lou's illnesses and, uh, you know, the amputation because of diabetes, uh, the heart problems he was having and so forth, and then his wife, you know, with the eyesight and so forth, they had a miserable three years with so many health complications, and yet every time you've seen both of them, they were smiling, going on, and they just looked at life like they were just happy to be here every every day they spent on Earth. That's the one thing I remember about Lou and his wife.
5: And again, that's Whitey Herzog with our good friend Tom Ackerman. I want to remind you that the 2021 Cardinals Care Winter Warm-Up has gone virtual this year. You can purchase a 50-50 raffle ticket or personalized autographed items. All you have to do to find out and to get yourself going is visit cardinals.com WWU. All right, next up, we're going to hear from another Cardinals Hall of Famer. We'll hear from Chris Carpenter next up. It is the Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day show presented by Amron here on the Cardinals Radio Network. We continue on with the Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day show presented by Amron here on the Cardinals Radio Network. Mike Claiborne, Kevin Wheeler with you and getting another assist from our good friend Tom Ackerman. Uh, Tom had a chance to catch up with Cardinals Hall of Famer Chris Carpenter not long after the passing of Lou Brock and Bob Gibson to talk about these franchise icons that Carpenter in his own career got to know and become friends with and, of course, now has kind of taken on that role of one of the recent Cardinals greats who can help mentor the group that's going to be coming down the future. And again, Tom Ackerman here with Chris Carpenter.
11: What was uh, your feeling here of the last few days over the loss of our dear friend, Bob Gibson?
12: Yeah, obviously, it's a it's a tough loss for the St. Louis Cardinals organization, the community, obviously his family and, and friends also. But that guy was just a, an amazing man that although, you know, all the Hardness that they talk about and the meanness and, and those sorts of things, the competitiveness that he has inside of him. If you got to sit down and talk with him, he was a, a soft, kind-hearted, willing to teach and willing to to spend time with you uh, type of man. And, and I, I was able to spend time with him chatting about baseball, chatting about what it was like to pitch back when he played compared to what it's like nowadays, those sorts of things. And, and I always respected and enjoyed and cherished my time to sit down and
11: chat with him. I talked to you about that uh, on several occasions at spring training, and I know that that's where a lot of those visits took place, didn't they? Your locker was, if I recall, right there at the coach's locker room. So that's where uh, Gibby dressed and got ready to, to chat with all of you, and I'm sure that was a very special time.
12: It was. It really was. And, you know, it's something that I think makes our organization special. And, you know, you get all those conversations with those guys that come back and, and not only in spring training, but they were willing to come back during the season at times, too. And I, I mean, I remember specifically sitting down in the lounge uh, at Bush Stadium um, and he came down and sat down next to me. And we just started talking about throwing the ball inside and pitching inside and again, what how the game has changed. And you're, you're really not able to do that as well as he used to be able to do back in the day and he was laughing about it and talking about how he used to knock guys down and, and why he would knock guys down and, and just you're not allowed to have that intimidation factor anymore on the mound and you know there's so many different times like that uh, that you can sit down and, and have those opportunities and I guess my point is, is them coming back you have you have guys that are that are true legends uh in the game of baseball not just in the Cardinals organization but in the game of baseball and and they'd be willing to come back and sit down and, and spend time around the, the new age guys and, and give you one of those guys. Like I said, no matter how, how hard and, and tough everybody thought he was, and he was as a competitor, he was a guy that would come in and, and give you an opportunity to chat with him. And, and he would open up and, and be vulnerable and talk about some of the things that he did and, and why he did them. And, and I was just fortunate to be a part of that.
11: He loved talking about pitching, didn't he? I mean, he had a chat with Reggie Jackson that I saw uh, online where he talked about the hitters want that ball middle in because they want to pull it, so I'm going to pitch them away, and it's when they start to step out a little bit, lean a little bit to get that outside pitch to drive it, that's when I stand them up. And Reggie's like, tell them what you mean by stand them up. He's like, well, they lean a little bit. I throw one inside. That stands them up. And if they, if it hits yeah. them, well, they hit themselves. <laughs> I mean, he's like, yeah. he's an art. He was an artist, wasn't he? Also,
12: yeah. I mean, it, it, he wasn't just a, a thrower. He was a pitcher, and that's again what made him so great. Uh, he, he he had all, all the tools, right? He had he had stuff. He had the ability to locate, the ability to to, to use his stuff. But he also had the mind to to recognize, which is what pitching's about, you know, the ups, downs, slows, fast, those things to, to move the ball around, to, to recognize what's going on during the at-bat. And then he had the ultimate uh, competitiveness that uh, allowed him to go out and compete every day. And, uh, again, sometimes I wish that, you know, when you sit around and you talk about, like, Gibby and Red and, and Lou and those guys, I've, I've said it to all of them, man, it would have been nice to, to spend some time back in the days that they played, Um, And really see kind of what it was like and and I think it would have been a lot of fun to to play in the time that Bob Gibson played.
11: That was an amazing era and you're part of one yourself and uh, there were comparisons drawn, uh, Carp, and I know that that's a a big name, but uh, did it make you feel good for people to say, I'm sure fans said, you know what you remind me of, my childhood hero Bob Gibson, the way that you pitch, the way that you compete.
12: Uh, I heard it a lot and of course that it's humbling to hear that, um, especially in the class of. I, I mean, again, Bob Gibson changed the game of baseball. <laughs> you know, never mind was he a good competitor and a good pitcher. I mean, this is a guy you're talking about that actually changed the the, the game of baseball. And to to have anybody even talk a little bit about um, me reminding them of him is is, a, is just amazing. And because he's just in a different class, a uh, different class of people, in a different class of of players. So. Um, it's neat, but uh, man, it's, it's alf- awfully humbling to hear people talk about that.
5: And that's Cardinals Hall of Famer Chris Carpenter with our good friend Tom Ackerman. I want to remind you, man, it's cold outside. I know we're all dreaming of the summer months when we can enjoy time together outside and Cardinals Special Events offers all sorts of unique options for celebrating outdoors in beautiful Bush Stadium. So it's cocktails on the warning track or brunch in the bullpen, uh, your group can be sure to make memories that are going to last a lifetime. So to find out more, visit cardinals.com events. All right, stick around. We're going to hear a little bit from the great Bob Costas. Next up, it is the Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day show presented by Amron here on the Cardinals Radio Network. Rolling along on the Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day show presented by Amarin here on the Cardinals Radio Network. I'm Kevin Wheeler, of course, my friend Mike Claiborne alongside. And of course, Claiborne had the opportunity not long after the passing of Lou Brock to talk to our good friend Bob Costas. Now, I know we had Bob uh, live on the show last week talking baseball and a whole lot of other things, Uh, but Mike Claiborne talked to Bob specifically about the greatness of Lou Brock. And not just greatness as a player on the field, but a guy that was just as great off the field as well.
4: What did Lou Brock mean to you?
13: Well, as a youngster, my first memory of Lou Brock is that I didn't like him all that much as a baseball fan because I was a Yankee fan. (laughs) I was 12 years old in 1964. And Lou burst on the national scene at that point. He hadn't done all that much for the Cubs. In fact, people thought that now infamous from a Cub perspective and gloriously famous from a Cardinal perspective, that trade Uh, Brolio for Brock Brolio had been a 20 game winner at one point I think he won 18 in 63 just prior to the trade Uh, and at that point Lou was just a guy who didn't run all that much with the Cubs but Bing Devine saw something in him made the trade and that was an incredible season for the Cardinals as you know coming from 9 or 10 games behind in August winning the pennant on the last day of the season Uh, but for all the exploits of Bob Gibson and others if they don't get Lou Brock They don't win the pennant. And then in the World Series, uh, he was terrific for the cards, not as great as he was in 67 and 68 in the World Series, but he did hit 300, and he did hit a home run. You see what you remember when you're 12 years old? (laughs) He did hit a home run off Al Downing. hit a home run off Al Downing uh, at the old Sportsman's Park slash Busch Stadium in the seventh game. So, you know, I was a good-natured kid. I didn't dislike anybody else, but I loved the Yankees. In fact, I was at Game 3 of the 1964 World Series at Yankee Stadium, which was played on a Saturday afternoon. And that's the game where Mickey Mantle hit a home run in the bottom of the ninth on the only pitch that the Cardinals' ace reliever, the knuckleballer, Barney Schultz, threw in the game, hit it into the upper deck, won the game 2-1, to one, put the Yankees in front two games to one in the World Series. And the next day, Ken Boyer beat the Yankees with a grand slam, also off-downing. And then uh, the Cardinals go on and win it in seven, which broke my 12-year-old heart. Blue Brock was one of the most dynamic World Series performers ever. You know, leave aside the fact that until Ricky Henderson came along, he held the single season and career stolen base records just in the World Series, he was incredible. He went seven for seven on steals in both 67 and 68. He hit over 400, I think, in both of those World Series. I believe he has the highest lifetime World Series batting average of anybody who has more than 100 plate appearances in World Series play.
4: 391. He
13: was just, there you go, 391, which is actually brought down a bit by the fact that he just hit 300 on the nose in '64, But in 67 and 68, uh, he was on another planet.
4: For you and your personal experiences with him, and I'm sure you guys have crossed paths on many occasions, mm-hmm. what do you remember sure. most about him?
13: How sunny and friendly he was, and what a gentleman he was. Now, that sounds like a quaint word these days, but Lou Brock was a gentleman. And I take the testimony not just of people like me who was a friendly acquaintance, but of people who really knew him well the people he played with when you hear Ted Simmons who was always thoughtful no matter what he was talking about always thoughtful, say that Lou was always an upbeat presence in the clubhouse and that sunny exterior hid the fact that he was very very tough and often played hurt and you wouldn't know he was hurt because he wouldn't mention it or someone like Albert Pujols who before he began compiling Hall of Fame achievements of his own. He's just a rookie. And he says in retrospect, Lou Brock was one of the first important baseball figures who embraced me and told me that I belonged in in the big leagues. So Lou was a factor in St. Louis baseball, not just in the 60s and 70s. He was a factor right on through the time of his death, and he will be a factor. As Stan Musial and Dizzy Dean and anybody else you want to mention, Red Schoendienst who's gone now in a mortal sense,
5: but they're never really gone
13: when you talk about St. Louis baseball, and Lou is in that pantheon.
5: And that's Bob Costas with our good friend Mike Claiborne this past September after the passing of Lou Brock. I want to remind you that the 2021 Cardinals calendar celebrates 12 epic moments in Cardinals history and gets you ready for baseball. With spring training and regular season schedules all alongside, you can pick up your calendar at area grocers, at local retailers, and by calling 314-345-9000. And if you're the lucky first caller right now at 314-531-1120, that's 314-531-1120, you can pick up a Cardinal calendar for free, but only if you're the first caller at 314-531-1120. Otherwise, check your area grocers and retailers or call 314-345-9000. Stick around. Coming up after the top of the hour, we're going to hear from another Cardinals Hall of Famer, Ozzie Smith, We'll talk a bit about his good friends, Lou Brock and Bob Gibson, when we come back. It's the Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day show, presented by Amron on the Cardinals Radio Network. One on, nobody out. The two opens.
2: Here he's swinging a long fly ball in the left field. This is going to leave the park. This is the Countdown to Opening Day show, presented by Amron. That ball's hit deep to left. This one's going to be out of here. Get up, baby.
0: Clayborne and Kevin Wheeler and the Countdown to
5: Opening Day show presented by Amron on the Cardinals Radio Network. Back in on the Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day show presented by Amron here on the Cardinals Radio Network. Mike Claiborne and Kevin Wheeler with you here and you know we're hearing sort of some great voices. You know we're, we, we're doing this end of year remembering I know we did a little of this last week too remembering two greats that we lost in Bob Gibson and Lou Brock and what's amazing is this the history of this organization what's amazing is these guys that, that, that we have to talk about, these legends, are legends in their own right. And it's just sometimes it's a little mind blowing to think of it that way. But, you know, last hour we heard from Bruce Souter and Whitey Herzog, uh, you know, a Hall of Fame broadcaster in Bob Costas, uh, Cardinals Hall of Famer in Chris Carpenter. And as we continue this conversation in this hour, we have more Hall of Fame presence. And we're going to start here with uh, one of the all time greats, uh, Ozzie Smith, who spoke with Tom Ackerman about his good friend, uh, Lou Brock, and of course, as we remember both Brock and Gibby here at the end of 2020, it's just amazing. Again, that we can go back to voices like this. So here's Ozzy Smith with our good friend Tom Ackerman.
11: In times of sadness like this, you do also remember uh, how special this organization, this fan base, this entire history of this team is, and Bob Gibson is responsible for a lot of that, isn't he?
14: Yeah, he um, he's a big part of you know what is. Come to known as one of the greatest franchises uh, in the history of the sport, and um, you know we've over the last couple months here, it's it's been real tough for for us that are Cardinal fans, uh, you know losing Lou and then losing Bob, uh, you know within a within a month span is really it's really tough. But uh, you know it's great to have had the opportunity to spend some time with them, and I certainly had a chance to spend some time with them since I made the Hall of Fame and getting to know them on a personal level. And, and even when you know, it's coming, it's never easy, Tom. Uh, you don't know exactly how it's, how it's going to hit you. And, you know, I, I, I woke up the other morning and well, it was late the other night when I got the call and it was, it was a real gut punch, uh, because Bob had become one of, one of my best friends. I tried to talk to him at least once a week for the last six or seven months. And the last couple of months had got real tough because, uh, he told me that he had gone back into the hospital and had a setback, and uh, the last time that I talked to him was just before Lou's funeral, uh, because I I knew he wanted he wanted to be there, but uh, he couldn't. So uh, I asked him what it was he wanted me to say, and uh, that was the last conversation that we had, and things went went bad from there.
11: And you did read that tribute uh, by Bob for Lou at Lou's service, as you mentioned. What did you love most about Bob Gibson, Ozzy?
14: Well, I'm going to tell you, you know, people will they'll always remember Bob for his exterior. His exterior was one that I think that there are three guys in baseball that I say have this exterior, and it's a defense mechanism. Andre Dawson had the look, Eddie Murray had the look, and Bob Gibson started the look. And it was a way to, to ward off people. But once you were able to get by their exterior, you find very warm, very caring, and very courageous and very talented and competitive people behind the, that scowl. You know, Bob Scowl, I think, had a lot to do, too, with the time in which he he, 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 was, he played. You know, it wasn't very long ago, really, that those guys had to stay in different places from their teammates you know, when uh, when they were playing and, and stuff. And I think that Bob used that as a chip on his shoulder, and it made him even more competitive than he already was. And he he used that to
11: his advantage. I asked him one time about that scowl, and he said, everyone talks about that scowl. I, I, he said, I was just squinting to see the sign from Tim.
14: <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. I, I like the story of the time that, uh, somebody saw him and he, uh, Willie Mays, uh, didn't know that he wore glasses. And when he met him for the first time and he had on glasses, he's,
4: God, come on, man,
14: I, you're going to kill somebody out there. <laughs> <laughs> Are you Casey? <laughs> you know, so, uh, you know, there was a lot of great stories like that. And we're probably going to hear as we go, as you go forward through the day here, uh, all of those great stories about Bob, but you know, the one thing that I liked him, he had a great sense of humor. And uh, he always gave me a hard time and told me that if, you know, if, I, if he had played shortstop, people wouldn't even know who I was. And the funny thing, Tom, is he's probably right. That's how talented he was. You know, he had a chance to play with the Trotters, and just a super competitive athlete. And uh, it was just fun getting to know him in the latter part of uh, of his life. And you know, he became this so-called wine connoisseur, you know, he discovered wine and he always wanted the good stuff. And I said, man, you know, you're a Boone's farm kind of guy. Stop trying to (laughs) perpetrate being a wine connoisseur. But we had a lot of time. We had a lot of fun, especially up at the hall of fame and, um, uh, you know, I think that that started me to becoming an alcoholic, man, <laughs> around the fires drinking <laughs> drinking wine and, and stuff. But it, it's just been a great time, and he was a great
5: person. He was a great father, a,
14: a husband, and a fun guy to be around once you got past the exterior.
5: And, again, that was Ozzie Smith with Tom Ackerman. Uh, never – I mean, you know, the, under the circumstances, it's, it's not, not as fun to, to hear from some of these greats when you have to talk about you know, them losing a friend and Cardinals Nation losing legends, but it is always great uh to hear Ozzy um and, and to get his thoughts uh especially on people that he knew so well and people that helped shape him during his career as well. I'll remind you, while it might be a little cold outside now, we're all dreaming about the summer months when we can enjoy some time out to get together outside and well, I know we're counting down to those days. Well, Cardinals Special Events will offer all sorts of new unique ways that you can celebrate outdoors At Bush Stadium. From cocktails on the warning track to brunch in the bullpen, your group can be sure to make memories that are going to last a lifetime. Visit cardinals.com slash events to find out more. All right, coming up next, we're going to hear a little bit from Jim Edmonds. It's the Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day Show, presented by Amron on the Cardinals Radio Network.
8: Your energy needs are changing. That's why Amron, Missouri isn't waiting on the future. We're building it with a smart energy plan, advancing thousands of projects across the state. In St. Louis, we're adding new clean energy sources and installing new composite poles to better withstand storms. Moving Missouri closer to a future of energy centered around you. That's energy at work. Learn more at slash plan.
9: Do you know that Goodwill accepts car donations? Yes. If you have an old car or truck that's just taking up space, consider donating it to Goodwill. It's quick, easy, and towing is free. Plus, you'll get a tax receipt and family bills for a year, compliments of our hometown Lions choice, while supplies last. For more info or to donate online, visit mersgoodwill.org. Your car donation helps fund Goodwill's many programs, including their Excel Center High School with over 400 graduates and still growing. Your donations change lives.
1: Who's ready for a year of celebrations? The new Cardinals calendar is here to help turn the page to 2021 with 12 months of epic Cardinals moments we're celebrating all year long. Iconic artwork of Gibby's 17 strikeout masterpiece, Lou's 3,000th hit, Stan's final game, Yachty's 2,000 hit and more will brighten the wall in any room. Pick up the official Cardinals calendar at area grocers and retailers, or by calling 314-345-9000
6: it's time to make some holiday joy america and we're here to help start your season at the ford built for the Holidays sales event and bring home a new ford truck or suv with the best deals of the holidays let's make a whole lot of joy this year the ford built for the Holidays sales event is here head to your quality ford dealers or go to buyfordnow.com for exclusive holiday offers on the full ford lineup that's how we're making
8: joy how are you When it comes to banking, you have a choice to make. You can go big, or you can go local. Or you can go to Central Bank and get the best of both worlds. The technology, tools, and services you need with the flexibility of a bank who can make important decisions locally. Take a new look at the world of possibilities with Central Bank. Strong roots, endless possibilities. Start at centralbank.net. Member FDIC. Frederick Roofing,
4: 645-2000.
7: 88,000 satisfied customers since 1929. Frederick Roofing, 645-2000. Hey, St. Louis, Dan McLaughlin here, and I have a scoop for you. Download the Schnucks Rewards app. Trust me, it'll pay off. You shop at Schnucks like normal, earn points on almost everything in the store, and redeem the points for money off. Easy as that. If earning money off your groceries wasn't enough, it also has cool features to make shopping at Schnucks even easier. You can locate items in the store, refill prescriptions, check the weekly ad. It's a grocery game changer. So download Schnucks Rewards from the App Store or Google Play and start saving today.
0: Once again, the day will come when the five-gallon buckets of sunflower seeds are hauled from the storage rooms, when the telltale bouquet of mathematically cut grass, pine tar, and brand spanking new jerseys will fill the Missouri air, when the dexterous fingers of Dwayne Hilton will dance across the organ's ivories once more. It may not feel like it, but rest easy, Cardinals fans. Spring is coming. Philip 66. Live to the full. Proud sponsor of the St. Louis Cardinals.
1: John Rooney for iWarehouse. My eyewear looks fabulous, feels great, works perfectly. That's because the friendly, experienced, caring experts at iWarehouse go the extra mile to deliver eyewear that's just right. Visit iWarehouse and tell them John sent you. They'll treat you like a big league star.
5: Back in on the Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day show presented by Amron, here on the Cardinals Radio Network. Uh, Mike Claiborne, Kevin Wheeler with you, taking you up till the top of the hour and spending our time here on the last show of 2020 Uh, remembering the greats, remembering the greats that we lost to be more specific in Bob Gibson and Lou Brock. And shortly after uh, Bob Gibson passed away, I had a chance to catch up with Jim Edmonds. Uh, Of course, um, a guy that was clearly a part of a great era with the Cardinals, right? Part of the MB3 and the 2006 World Series champs. Obviously does some broadcasting on Fox Sports with the Cardinals here these last few seasons. Had a chance to catch up with him and talk about the way that those two great players, you know, Bob Gibson and Lou Brock, impacted the franchise for decades after their playing career. Again, here's my conversation with Jim Edmonds. What was it like when you first got here noticing those guys around and, and then eventually getting to know those guys and, and kind of see how they impact the organization and had for so many years?
15: Yeah, they were so much fun. I mean, they had so much life, uh, so much energy, so much passion for the game, the old school version of it to learn a lot from them to be friends with them over time to get to know them and their families it was crazy it was almost like you could just talk to them and you could sit there and watch those bob burns old school videos of baseball i mean i was like (laughs) i felt like i was living it right there through you know talking to bob and and all those guys i mean lou they had so much fun when they were at the stadium and uh you know they're truly going to be missed and you say that all the time about people that pass away, but the, these guys were something special. I mean, Joe Morgan, you know, passed yeah. away the other day. Another guy was just incredible. I don't know. Maybe that's why they're all in the Hall of Fame because not only were they great guys on the field, they were great off the field. And uh, it's just, it's a shame. It's a shame with all the families and all the people that get left behind.
5: Yeah, you're right. And and, and you know, again, it was it's been a really rough long run for baseball overall. You mentioned Joe Morgan, I, you know, Tom Seaver, Al Kaline recently. You know, yeah. it's I know it's the There's you know these. Yeah. And it's the generation too. Unfortunately, you know, there's, there's a lot, it shows you how great that generation was. And, you know, I have a, you know, I've always had respect for those guys. I mean, those are the people that I grew up reading stories about. I'm a little bit too young to have seen any of those guys. I, I, you know, I I think I maybe saw, you know, I saw a little Tom Seaver at the end. I saw a little Joe Morgan toward the end of his career in the eighties, but you know, I didn't get the privilege of seeing Lou or Bob Gibson and, you know, getting to to read about them when I was younger. But also, like you mentioned, being around the team, Jim, and hearing their stories. And, you know, I, I'd never met a nicer person, a more engaging person than Lou Brock. And I never had been more in, in, impressed and kind of intimidated by meeting a player than when I met <laughs> Bob Gibson the first time. <laughs> and, it, and, it, and it was yeah. maybe just the stories behind it that led to that. But they were such cool guys. And, you know, y- there's so much to learn from from people like that.
15: Yeah, you hit the nail on the head with those two guys. And, you know, it's funny, you mentioned those other guys, and I don't know if it was the luck of my era or what, but every one of those guys that you have mentioned, I got to become friends with. And uh, even Al Kaline could walk up to him, talk to him at any time. I mean, guys like Brooks Robinson. I just think that I came into the game right before all those guys and that great generation got older, and they were still around the game. So I've been so lucky, to be in the midst of rooms with guys like that and carlton and just johnny bench and pete rose and um you know the guys that had passed away this year knowing like i said al k and just being able to talk to those guys i just i mean i had a poster of al k on my wall when i was a kid and i didn't even know who he was but this picture was such a great picture of a perfect hitting swing uh, and I'll follow through with balance and extension. And I was like, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen. I want to put <laughs> this on my wall. Getting to know him, you know, 20 years later, 30 years later was amazing. And just knowing the history behind a beer right, um, you know, we, we're going to lose people all the time, but that generation is something special. And I'm just lucky that my generation got to experience it, like you said, to be able to watch it, but to get to talk to them, even if I didn't get to watch them play as it's has, has been so much so amazing.
5: Yeah. N- not to mention, the, the teammates and you know having had Tony LaRussa as a manager you've been pretty lucky in that regard man you, you know, Albert and McGuire and good lord you, you you've yeah, had I've some had, had you've had a hell of an experience. League.
15: I've had a great experience I, I was uh you know I got to uh see some brand new stadiums I was there for Cal Ripken's game wow. um you know I broke into the league when the Blue Jays went back to back I played with Bo Jackson and Mitch <laughs> Williams and Rick Henderson and Cecil Fielder and Prince Fielder and uh, you know it goes on and on and on Ryan Braun and just uh, you know Roland and Joey Votto or just like just knowing Albert and all these guys it's just uh, you know and now these young guys I get to go out there and watch them play and, and and kind of teach them what I know I just it never stops and it's so much fun
5: and again that was Jim Edmonds from this past October oh, I don't want to remind you that you can gear up for the season with a subscription to Cardinals Magazine that's your premier source for Cardinals coverage, both in season and out. You can sign up at cardinals.com slash magazine, or you can call 314-345-9000. Coming up next, we're going to hear from Willie McGee here on the Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day Show, presented by Ameren on the Cardinals Radio Network. This is the Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day Show, presented by Ameren here on the Cardinals Radio Network. Mike Claiborne, Kevin Wheeler with you here, and happy to have a little assist a few different times tonight from our good friend Tom Ackerman, who had an opportunity to catch up uh, with Whitey Herzog and Chris Carpenter. We heard those c- conversations last hour. We heard the conversation between uh, Tom and Ozzie Smith a little earlier this hour. Well, now it's time to hear Tom with Willie McGee talking about Lou Brock and Bob Gibson.
16: You know, Bob was that type of athlete and that type of, uh, you know, person, you know, on the field. You know, he wasn't, you know, no fear of anything and rated just about everything he, he uh, attached himself to.
11: Uh, You know, I love uh, sitting and talking baseball with you and your great teammates and coaches and and Hall of Famers, and I can't imagine what uh, your experience was like over and over spending time talking baseball with the great Bob Gibson, Willie.
16: I agree. I mean, you, you, you didn't do much talking. You know, I didn't do much talking. You do more listening than you do talking because of the fact that you don't get an opportunity. It ain't like, you know, other teammates where you see them every day, you know. Yeah, Bob, Lou, uh, Red was around a lot. So, you know, we got still got guys like Mike Shannon. But Bob wasn't, you know, he wasn't around to where we can, you know, talk to him every day, you know. So when spring training comes around, you know, like I say, you do more listening than talking. And, I mean, uh, what an influence, man. I mean, you know, watching the videos of him, you know, especially at Bush Stadium, you see that one video of him uh on that slider, to, I I don't know what player it was, but it looked like he was trying to throw the ball through through the backstop. I mean, and the ball ripped perfectly in there, and you can see the hitter flinch. I mean, that tells you so much about you know his fierce competitiveness, right there. Just seeing that video, and I watch that every game we played. I see that video, and it just uh it pumps you up, man. I tell you, it you know just being around Bob, just seeing him. Walking you know through as a rookie, walking through the locker room, uh you know sometimes I would be coming through coming out the lock I mean going into the locker room and he's coming out, and uh you know just that aura, you know, just that aura, you know I was uncomfortable you know i'm twenty three I didn't know really know Bob well, and you hear the stories, and uh you know it seemed like it seemed like Bob was ten feet tall, man, I tell you, I mean just the feeling you got you. Know, but he always made me a better person, a better man, and a, a better player from being around him. Just being just being around him, it, it, he can be talking to somebody else, and still, you know, you felt uh, you felt good. You know, that's Bob Gibson, and that's the, that's Bob Gibson. He told. So, the, I mean,
11: he told the truth, didn't he? Told it like it was.
16: He did. I, I mean, and that's what keeps you, you know, just like just like your parents. I mean, it keeps you keeps you right it, it made us appreciate what we had as far as you know the opportunity to play for the cardinals and to play major league baseball it kept us on our toes because uh you know we had to uh, try to uphold the standards to the best of our ability that that they set before us and that's why it was it's, it's, it was so great having them guys around you know during spring and during the season you know because like i said it's a it, it's a pride thing you know and uh, you couldn't have a better, a better influence and a better person than than what Bob was. As I got to know him, you know, later on, as you get older, you learn to relax, and you know, and you, you know, you really see the type, of person, that that person really is. He had that
11: hard exterior, but underneath was a very kind and loving man, wasn't he?
16: That's exactly that's exactly what I'm saying. You know, and and uh, it just Everybody doesn't have that man. They doesn't. They don't have that. Uh, you know that aura, that 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 vibe that that just, just exudes off of them. You know. But then, like I said, you know, it seems like he was the type of person that if you get to know him, you know, like Ozzy, Joe Tori, and, and these guys, you know, did that. You know, you get to you get to get under that and through that, and uh, you know, he kind of lets himself. Uh, let itself shine in another light. And uh, I was fortunate enough to be with Ozzy and you know, in spring training, and sometimes hang out with them guys and you know, and uh, you see it and it's like, wow, okay. And it kind of, like I said, you know, you know, that's how we were raised, that's how we were all raised, but to see it exemplified, you know, from guys like that, you know, it, it, it makes you know that you're on the right track and you you know, nobody's perfect but we all, you know, we, we're trying to live to be the best people and the best uh, best uh, person we can be, you know, and do the best job we can do at our at our job. And to have an influence like that in and in a, a treasure trove of wisdom like that, you know, to pull from, you know, kind of, you know, makes your uh, journey shorter, you know, as far as like uh, getting to the consistency of it.
11: You know, I thought about how many fans became Cardinals fans because of Bob Gibson, and then I started to think how many people started to play the game and try to be a competitive ball player as a livelihood because of Bob Gibson also. Boy, did he influence a lot of people in a lot of different ways.
16: I can imagine. You know, I can imagine. I I think when Bob broke in, I was a young kid. So, you know, I'm in California, so you really don't see – and they didn't have the social media and the commercials like uh like we did you know like they do now where you can see every game you know, but you still hear you still hear certain names you know you still hear certain names I remember the commercial of uh Lou Brock uh you know doing the the flowers you know doing the flowers commercial you know selling uh uh what it was it uh you know, where you can order flowers for a flower company. Yeah. I still remember seeing that on the West Coast. And uh, that's when I start thinking about the Cardinals. And then you start seeing the World Series where Bob is in. And my dad used to talk about the games and stuff. And, uh, you know, it's just, uh, I don't know, man. It's just, it's, it's, my heart is heavy, man. My heart is heavy. This has been a tough year for for everybody, you know, all around, you know, on the field, off the field you know, in the locker room. It's just been tough. It's been one of the most trying years I think we'll ever see. You know, hopefully this will be one of the toughest and the only like this, you know, and then to lose, you know, to lose, lose people like that, you know, great people, not, not only on the field, you know, but, it, you know, and with, with Bob and these guys, I mean, it's hard. With some of us, you could say, you know, better people than players. But with them guys, it's hard to say that because they were such such great players that it, it would be, <laughs> man, you know, but you can almost say that with, with these guys. They were great people, too, you know. And I, I'm i just thankful for the time I got to spend. And my heart goes out for the family, you know, because I've been there. I've lost my mother and I've lost my father. And it's, uh, it's, uh, it's a tough journey, man. It really is. But, uh, you know, It's just, you know, now, now, you know, you, you know, you you lose people like that and you lose your family and your mother and your father. It's like now school's out, you know, now all the stuff that you've learned that they taught you now, now you have to start applying it because you can't go to them now and ask them questions, you know. So I, I, you know, that was my experience going through this and I'm sure, you know, being a person, Bob and Wendy, his wife and the family are, I'm sure they you know, the family is prepared for you know, not prepared but you know, they I don't know. They yeah, no, gained I, all the gain from each other, you know to, to weather this.
11: I agree with you, Willie, and I, and I think that as hard as this is and as sad as we are about uh, the losses that we've had this year um, I, think, I think it's going to bring us closer I think it is bringing us even closer because we have to be
5: and again that's our good friend Tom Ackerman with former Cardinals outfielder obviously Cardinals great Willie McGee now for the best baseball content and hot stove updates this offseason you should make sure you should follow at MLB on Twitter you can follow them also on Facebook Instagram and on YouTube all right coming up next another Hall of Fame voice to be heard from that'll be Joe Torrey next up it's the Cardinals countdown to opening day show presented by Amron here on the Cardinals radio Network. Getting ready to close out the 2020 calendar year here on the Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day Show presented by Amron, of course, uh, right here on the Cardinals Radio Network. Mike Claiborne, Kevin Wheeler with you here, as I mentioned uh, in our last segment. A little assist from our good friend Tom Ackerman as well. And, uh, you know, Tom had a chance to catch up with some really great people. Unfortunately, under terrible circumstances here, you know, the latter part of 2020 we lost a couple of greats in uh, Lou Brock and Bob Gibson, but being able to remember them with this show here at the end of the year, and we're not going to stop remembering as we get into 2021, but certainly uh, the end of the year sometimes leads to, uh, you know, this kind of reflection and just fortunate enough that we get to hear from people um, as, as influential and important in Cardinals history as we've had to be able to throughout the course of these two hours here on the countdown to opening day show. Now I want you to hear from another Hall of Famer again, a fellow a special assist from our friend Tom Ackerman. This is Joe Torrey.
17: Well if if you don't want the truth, then don't hang around with him. You know? <laughs> I mean he, he 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 shoots from the hip and um he's he's good guy. And and of course you gotta understand <clears throat> Tom, I uh, you know, I, I go back and I, I caught the um the 65 All-Star game, and I know I've told this story before. And uh, he came in the last in the ninth inning, and we had a one-run lead because we had a big, league, or big, big lead earlier. It was up in Minneapolis, and he, uh, we, they tied it, and we scored. And uh, he came in the ninth inning. Tony Oliva was the hitter. He threw strike one, strike two. Now, I know his reputation now. Here, I'm a 22. 24-year-old kid, and uh, I'm, I'm debating whether to go out and talk to him about where I want this next pitch or just try to, you know, do it with my uh, signals, and I decided to go out and talk to him, and I said, just throw this next pitch up and then not down and then he, he looked at me like I wasn't even there, <laughs> uh, never said anything to me, and I said, okay, I went back. On the plate, he threw it down in any of the double, but he got the next three guys out and and as luck would have it for me, uh, we were the last two in the shower, and uh, I said nice, nice job, Bob, and he, he just completely ignored me. and you know i' i made him pay for that after I got to the cardinals, but uh, that's who he was. He was a competitive guy right from uh, right from the get-go.
11: What was he like uh, as a teammate during those years here?
17: Uh, he was great. Uh, and, uh, you know, we – he just – he used to come in the day he pitched and, you know, he just sort of meander on in and he'd say, like, uh, an hour and 53 minutes win, lose, or draw, or an hour and 47 minutes win, lose, or draw. He was going to go after you and uh, – you know, give you everything you had and not want to come out of a game. Uh, my first game with the Cardinals in uh, 1969, opening day against the Pirates, I'm playing first base. I'm 0 for 1, 0 for 2, 0 for 3, whatever it is. Now Willie Stargell's up to hit. and Here I'm trying to make an impression on my new team and, and especially being traded for Cepeda. Uh, so Stargell hits one. Uh he hits really a, a line drive like it was going to hop in front of me at first base. Well, I put my body in front of it. It must have hit me three different places and went in the right field. Uh, you know, he got the ball back in the infield. Bob called time out and called me over. And um, I had no idea what was coming. He said to me, when Stargell hits a ball that hard, don't try to get in front of it. <laughs> I said, okay boss but you know we hit it off right away and um you know not only uh, at the ballpark but away from the ballpark and uh it really it was really a big help for me
11: in fact uh he ended up being on your staff you hired him in 1981 uh to be your pitching coach with the new york mets what was your yeah. what What was your decision there
17: well i i you know i Again, I've been talking to him, uh, you know, after he retired and stuff, and it it just sounded like he was missing something, you know? And I said, how would you like to come on as a coach? And I had to find a a title for him, so I call him the attitude coach. And he didn't like that very much, but but he played along. And, you know, again, it, it was nice being back in uniform for him. And, of course, Uh, we got let go after that season. The the Mets had changed the ownership and they were bringing in their own people. And then we went to Atlanta and he was my pitching coach down there. And, um, but it was, uh, it was great. Again, you know, he, you know, he didn't take any guff from any of the pitchers, you know, you had to learn to take uh, and, and, you know, digest what he was telling you. And um, he was never, he he was never uh, too tired to work. I can tell you that.
11: I had a X listener reach out to me last night and said, you have to ask Joe in 82 when the Cardinals and Braves are playing each other in the playoffs, when Gibson would go out to the mound, he said the crowd would rise as one and give him a standing ovation.
17: (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah. Yeah, no, they recognized and it was tough not to recognize what he did during his career. Um but yeah, yeah, he did that and um and again as I say, he was a straight shooter. Um he knew he knew what pitching was all about. He didn't you know, he wasn't a thrower. He he was a pitcher even though he was a power pitcher. And, you know, he, uh, as I say, he, he was tireless as far as trying to help people and didn't get through to a lot of them because a lot of guys, I think, shied away from him. But uh, for the most part, you know, I, uh, I I just put everything in his hands because uh, of the trust I had for him and, and uh, the closeness that uh, we had created.
11: You know, putting his greatness in perspective, uh it is remarkable to see how many games he completed and you alluded to that uh in his uh, discussions behind closed doors in the clubhouse a minute or an hour 53 an hour 47 the one of the most staggering stats is 251 wins 255 games completed yeah it's amazing
17: yeah he uh, you know he he uh, when he started the game his goal was to finish the game and of course, you know he had those games. I remember the one game he got beat up pretty good in the first inning, and then Red, you know, Red Shandies went out to get him, and he said to Red, "What took you so long?" You know, because <laughs> but you were always reluctant to take him out of a game because you always figured he'd get it straightened out, but uh, it didn't always uh, it didn't always happen. But um, but we had we had we had fun uh, with the pitching aspect of it. You know, I knew he was struggling there at the end, and um, I had talked to him last week. I guess it was last week, and, uh, yeah, it's just uh, I'm going to miss him.
5: And, again, that's Hall of Famer Joe Torrey with Tom Ackerman. I want to remind you that the 2021 Cardinals Care Winter Warm-Up has gone virtual this year. You can purchase a 50-50 raffle ticket or get personalized autographed items. uh, To find out more and to go ahead and make a purchase, just visit cardinals.com slash WWU. Coming up next, we're going to wrap up the show and wrap up the year, and we'll give the final word on all of these great memories, the final voice to talk about Lou Brock and Bob Gibson will be our very own Mike Shannon. That's coming up next. It's the Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day show presented by Amron on the Cardinals Radio Network. Well, as we close out the Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day show presented by Amron here on the Cardinals Radio Network for the 2020 calendar year, we're going to give the final word to the voice of the Cardinals, Mike Shannon. He had a chance to catch up with my man Mike Claiborne, who's sitting here alongside me, to talk a bit about Lou Brock. And again, this is going back to September, but some really great stuff here from Mike Shannon on Lou.
2: There's so many things that stand out about him. You know, he was such, such a jovial person, okay? Off the field, on the field, didn't matter. Unless you were the opposition. If you were the opposition, man, I want to tell you, he put terror into you. I mean, he put terror into the opposition. I can tell you about it. Uh, starting pitcher, if we were coming into town, okay, and the starting pitcher for the series. He was, three days before, he was thinking about Brock. He said, if I keep Brock off base, I got a chance to beat the Cardinals. So he'd get a base hit, and he'd, he'd steal second. He'd go to third on a ground ball, and he'd score, and we don't have a hit yet. And it's one-nothing Cardinals. I mean, he, he was fearless, too. He would tell them, say, okay, boys, here's what I'm He'd tell the catcher, okay, I'm going to steal. And he, <laughs> he was fearless. I mean, he he put the fear of God into the opposition, plain and simple. Tough as barbed
4: wire, oh, too. I wow. mean never meant, spent a day on the disabled list, played hurt a lot. Talk a little bit about '64 when he was hurt. Well, uh, Kovacs broke his shoulder.
2: Okay, I think I think that Sandy's the only guy he ever threw out, and he. And, You're and, right. And uh, he was that kind of. I mean, he 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 irritated people that much on the opposition. <laughs> he. I mean, so uh, you, Sandy Kovacs is one of the nicest people in the world.
4: When you get him riled up, <laughs> yeah. you really. Get him.
2: <laughs> then you know. <laughs> Then, you know, I got his attention one time, hit a home run off him, and then Roseboro, I said, hey, can we talk about this? He said, no, nah, I don't think so. <laughs> so when you got his attention, it wasn't good. And Brock, he, he hit Brock. He, put a, he broke his shoulder blade. He played for two weeks with a, with a crack in his shoulder. I mean, I can't tell you how tough this guy was. And he intimidated the uh, opposition so much. I mean, like you say, he stole 900 and some bases, and he could have stolen more bases, probably. And he never was, not once, on the in- injured list, okay? You want to tell us about the time when he uh, wanted you to go tell Cepeda he was pinch-hitting for him? <laughs> yeah. We've already sensed the pennant, okay? So we're going to the World Series. And Cepeda comes up on deck, and I'm, I'm, I'm in the on-deck circle, and he says, uh, or, or Lou comes up, and he says, go tell Cepeda I'm pinch-hitting for him. And I said, no, I'm not. <laughs> it's the only time that the Hall of Famer was pinch-hit for Orlando Cepeda and another Hall of Famer, Luke Future, Bryant. pinch hit for him. But Lou said, you, you want to tell? I said, No, you tell him. <laughs> so neither one of us went up there. Red had to t- call time. And it was an in, extra inning game. And Lou went up and he hit a triple and we won the game. And Cepeda, when he came down, he jumped down off of the, the Astroturf and he didn't hit any of the steps. He just went in, And we went into the clubhouse and everybody was afraid to go in. And Cepeda was in. All oh, right, all right. <laughs> and he was clapping, we won the game and everything. He was happy, I'm telling you what, though. But I wasn't going to tell him. <laughs>
4: Classiest player you ever played with, Lou Brock uh, in that
2: top five. You talk about Stan, Lou's got to be in that conversation. Well, there's no doubt about it. You know, you got Bob Gibson, you got Lou Brock, you got Ozzie Smith, I mean. But Lou was a special among all of them, okay? His, his son and, and my son. I went to the same college on the University of California, okay? And his son was so, so talented. He still has the the highest vertical jump in the history of USC. And I'm going to tell you something. They've had some Pretty great... Pretty high jumpers out there. <laughs> there's some great athletes out there. But uh, and so I got to know him a little off of the field more than on the field. And I know him on the field also. But uh, it was like stand the Man, you know? Uh, I played with his son at CBC in the football team, okay? So, I mean... My my lineage goes way back with uh, with guys like him and, and and you couldn't pick two nicer people in the in, entire world to uh, be your teammate or uh, just, just a good friends. Just good friends, yeah. Stan Musial and Lou Brock. If you if you mention those two guys, I mean, people bow down to them. I mean, and they and rightly so.
5: That is the voice of the Cardinals, Mike Shannon, with our very own Mike Claiborne, talking a bit about the great Lou Brock. I also want to remind you, as we close out the calendar here of 2020, uh, you should look ahead to 2021 with the Cardinals calendar that celebrates 12 epic moments in Cardinals history and gets you ready for baseball with spring training and regular season schedules alongside. You can pick up your 2021 Cardinals calendar at area grocers and retailers or by calling 314-345-9000 because there's only one lucky person that's going to pick up the 2021 Cardinals calendar for free right now and that is the first person who can call us at 314-531-1120. That's 314-531-1120. The first caller will pick up the 2021 Cardinals calendar. And the rest of you can just pick up your own, again, at your area grocers and retailers or by calling 314-345-9000. Uh, on behalf of my friend Mike Claiborne, uh, my friend Tom Ackerman, who helped us out so much on the show here, and all of our guests today. I want to wish everybody in Cardinals Nation a happy new year as we head into 2021, and we'll look forward to catching up with you next week. The first show of the new year is coming up one week from tonight. Many thanks. We appreciate you joining us. This has been the Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day show presented by Ameren here on the Cardinals Radio Network.